You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of HR Mavericks. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Angie Redmond, who's the president at Strive HR. Angie, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, been a longtime listener of the podcast. I found out about you a few months ago and have really enjoyed listening and I appreciate the invitation to be here. Well, thank you. I appreciate you being willing to be on the show and also support our HR Mavericks community. So I'm excited to tap into that wealth of knowledge that I know you have and really just dive into this topic. But again, before we do, we always like to have our listeners share just a little bit more about their career backgrounds and what their company does. Absolutely. Well, at Strive HR, we focus primarily on two areas of our business, and one is to help organizations that are striving for a workplace award. So if you think of programs like Best Places to Work or Top Workplaces, I'm that partner right with those organizations, helping them go through the actual application process and the analysis of the findings. And then we put strategies and goals together based on those findings and measure those throughout the life cycle of that that program year. And the other part of my business is I'm a one-on-one coach for HR professionals. So I've been in the HR world for about 25 years, um, and I feel like I have a lot to contribute back to those that are within the industry. Um, started HR, um, I've, I've heard several of your other guests say they started by accident or fell into it. Mm-hmm. I actually in college was applying for a job at a staffing agency and ended up getting hired directly by that staffing agency to work for them rather than the position in which I apply for. Um, and it, it was a huge blessing because it gave me exposure to dozens and dozens of organizations to which I got to work with, mm-hmm. um, learned learned about things that worked well and things that maybe we could make some improvements on. And it was just great exposure to so many different types of people. Uh, after uh, some time with that company, my role evolved into I was actually on site at organizations. So these would be organizations where we would have about 100-ish employees. Mm-hmm. And I would work right alongside with the leadership team managing the the temporary attempt to hire staff in conjunction with those individuals managing the full-time staff. So we got to work hand in hand of how can we strategically work together and uh, position these employees to hopefully get hired on full-time at these companies. Um, and, and I really liked the opportunity to be involved with them, but I really wanted to be part of the actual organization. So I chose to leave the staffing industry and went to the tech community as an HR director. And um, this was a really interesting time to be in the tech industry because it was around Y2K. And it just so happened that the software company that I was working for service the financial services industry. So if you're thinking you're having banking accounts and you have credit union accounts and here it's December 31st of 1999, switching around to the year 2000 and and you're standing there keeping your fingers crossed that everything is going to go okay. And of course, from a staffing perspective, that's where I was really able to leverage that skill set because we were hiring top-notch developers to work for our company. And so it was really up to us to have an environment that attracted them, that really made them want to come work for us. So culture, engagement, all those buzzwords that we talk about now were just as prevalent then as they are now. 
Um, yeah. So spent spent about a 10 years making that company as great as we could. I, I wish that the best place to work awards were available back then because I absolutely no doubt that we would have been in the running for an award like that. Um, but after about 10 years, our company was acquired by another software firm. And my role was retained, but in a different capacity. So as, as they were continuing to acquire organizations, we were the first, ended up being their largest, but we were their first. And it, it went very well, I guess, as well as an acquisition could go. So my role and several others were retained to become part of this merger and acquisition team, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our first were, um, it was actually a company in Utah. So I was able to spend quite a bit of time out there and, and get to know the employees there and onboard them to the new to the new organization. Um, and we did this with several other companies over the period of about two years until all of those clients' data, it happened to be migrated over to the new system and my role was no longer needed. So uh, spent a couple years at home with the family and then uh, was able to reconnect with that tech firm that I had worked with previously. Um, it wasn't specifically that company. It was a another entity, but a lot of the same employees that I worked with at that tech firm ended up going to work at this company. So I was able to get reconnected with them and rejoin the workforce as the VP of HR with the bank and uh, loved it. Spent about five years there. And uh, during that time I was at home, I did kind of get the entrepreneurial bug and was able to start some things on my on, on the side. But um, going back to the the corporate world, which I loved. I loved being in that VP of HRC, building up a team, um, helping the company meet all their objectives. But I really wanted to get back to um, that that consultant and entrepreneurial world. And so after about five years there, I, I chose to make that leap and add a little bit more flexibility to my schedule. And that wasn't really the only reason I was making that change. It was because I really wanted the opportunity to focus on the specific areas of HR that that I really enjoyed getting back to those culture and engagement pieces. So when I left, that's, that's, that's what I did. I ended up starting Strive HR so I could hone in on the areas of culture and engagement and uh, um, really wanted to figure out how do I take those skill sets that I have with culture engagement and help organizations become even better in that capacity. So after, after some, some long searching and narrowing down what that looked like, um, I was able to use my experience with helping other organizations through the award-winning workplace process and devote my time to that being the primary focus of the business. So a very long-winded yeah. answer. I hope I didn't go into too much detail, but I just think it's important if you're going to say that you are a, a coach of HR professionals, you explain how you were able to obtain that, that level of experience to help others. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I can see, you know, how useful it would be working with you and that wealth of experience that you have, especially, you know, starting in staffing, working across so many different industries, companies of all sizes, and then going through that evolution. And now, you know, being able to focus on those aspects of HR that you're most passionate about and work with lots of different companies. And that's actually what we want to talk about today, because you're an expert on awards and becoming an award-winning workplace, that's what you and I decided to really focus our Mm -hmm. topic on today. So, you know, I think that that's something that is a really interesting topic that that lots of companies think about, but it's not the first thing they think about when it comes to HR, but it is, it is very important. So you already mentioned, just to kind of start us off, you already mentioned, um, some of those examples of awards that are pretty well known. Tell us more about 
what types of awards workplaces can win? What's available out there for workplaces? There are there there are really so many of those. So they can really evolve from a geographic standpoint, like a um, specific to a geographic region within the U.S. or within the state. And there's also a lot of awards that are on a more national platform. But then there are in addition, there are awards that are specific to industries. So you might think of best finance firms to work for, best tech firms to work for, best engineering firms to work for. So there's there's really a plethora of of opportunities. And it really depends on why you're applying for them. Yeah, that's good. And I want to get into that too, but you know, I, I, I'm curious because I'm sure that there are listeners probably out there who work for a small local business, let's say a, a plumbing company or an HVAC company. And they're thinking, you know, why would, why would we take the time to really do that? There's so many other things that we have to do, especially if you're that solo HR person, often this falls to that HR person wearing so many hats so why would an organization really want to become an award-winning workplace or at least attempt to go through that process? Sure. Well, there, there are so many reasons. I'm going to just, just list a few, if you would. Um, mm-hmm. But just like I talked about before about employee engagement and how important that is, and that was something that was really important for me to be able to help organizations do. And so this is a great way because you're asking employees for feedback when you're going through these application processes. So you're giving, um, giving yourself getting yourself in a position where you know your employees feel valued and they feel like you trust them because you're asking them for for very specific feedback on how they feel about your organization. Um, and, it, and, and another area is the credibility it establishes. So, and that's in two forms. So it establishes credibility with your employees that you are dedicated to this process. It also establishes credibility with the outside community, specifically, um, not just your local community, but your customers. There are clients out there that want to work with organizations who have earned a distinction such as this. So that's, that's definitely another reason. Um, and along those same lines, Simply put, bragging rights. And there, there's, there's nothing wrong with that CEO being very proud that his or her organization has earned this distinction. So um, that's definitely something. Um, and I tell, I tell, especially HR professionals, we're in them, they're in that very small department. If you find yourself, hopefully, in that situation, you need to become. Um, very close friends, hopefully, with your marketing team and your IT team, because as you're going to spread the word about this, you're you're going to want them on your side and to be able to help you with that process. Yeah. Um, another area in which you can help is in retention. So um, this is this is an area in which many organizations will leverage this distinction to attract new talent to their to their organization. And that's that is definitely a benefit. And it's very important. It's also important from the retention standpoint, because as you're gathering that feedback, you're learning more about why people stay at your company. Then you can leverage that to your recruiting strategies. So as you're sharing with the outside community, this is why people want to stay at our company. And you gather that information from the people that work for you on the surveys. Um, Another distinction is uh, company performance and ROI. So there's there's so much from a statistical standpoint that if your employees are engaged and they enjoy what they're doing every day, they're going to work harder to please that customer. And so those customers recognize that. And then it's just a, a positive cycle that the happy employees are going to result in that. But from a statistical standpoint, there's a, a survey out there called Top Workplaces, and they have data that supports that 84% of the organizations that have made this list 
84% of their employees are engaged as opposed to a significantly lower percentage than those who have not gone through this process. Hmm. Um, they also say that 86% of their workforce is committed to staying with the organization. And if, if anybody's ever run numbers on turnover rates and what it costs to replace someone, that definitely speaks for itself. So um, the other thing is I've, I've talked with business leaders and HR professionals asking them specifically that have gone through this because I have my own opinions and these are my own opinions of why these are reasons, but they're telling me the same things that they do this to attract and retain top talent for their company. Um, and they're also doing it from an employer recognition standpoint. They have found themselves in situations where they may bid for a job or bid for an opportunity, and they are um, putting themselves in a higher leverage opportunity if they've earned an award such as this. Yeah, really, really interesting and really good points. I can see why you know, it's, it's so valuable. Of course, attracting and retaining the best talent is one of the main benefits that I think people think of. But one of the things that you said that really stood out to me is really the first point that you made of, you know, so many companies know that they should be talking to their employees, getting feedback about their experience. And so why not leverage that to help you get an award possibly along the way, right? There's kind of like, you can, it's kind of the two birds with one stone type of thing. It can force you, it can be a forcing function to make sure you're talking to your employees. And then you can learn a lot and improve a lot along the way. And oh, by the way, if that's part of the process of getting an award, why not get recognized for that? So I, I love that thought. Great. Yep. That's you. You've got it. Exactly. So my next question for you though, really is around, is there a right time for a company to, a right or a wrong time for a company to apply for an award, right? Is there ever a time where a company is too small, where it doesn't make sense to apply for an award? And once you get to a certain size or stage, then it makes more sense. When, when, when should companies be thinking about this? Well, they should be thinking about it all the time, especially because, um, some of them have specific requirements. So for example, some have a minimum employee requirement. Okay. So if they're not quite at that level and they know that that's a goal that they've set forth for their organization, they can start preparing for that. Okay, mm -hmm. let, let's let the, we know the kind of data we need to be gathering. Let's get prepared for that so that we're ready we can move forward with doing that. So, and then also from the aspect of um, if they know they have some things they need to work on, we know we need to improve communication. We know that we need to improve our processes. Let's start focusing on that right now. And that gives them an opportunity to start to show leverage of improvement mm -hmm. so that when they do actually measure that, your employees are going to notice for sure. Awesome. Now those, those are great, great tips. So what are the steps an organization should take you know, preparing and starting to apply for a workplace award? When, when I talk with a company that's going through this, I tell them the very first thing they need to do is identify why. Why do they even want to go on this journey in the first place? And you had asked about what types of awards are out there. So if they can figure out why they're wanting to do this, First of all, that will help them identify possibly what type of an award it is that they want to apply for. Some companies are applying for multiple awards. 
not necessarily simultaneously, but this really helps them identify. We know we want to be recognized within our industry, but we also know we want to be recognized within our local state or geographic area. Well, those are two different surveys in which you could do. Um, so it's really important to understand your why. So part of that could be, are we looking at recruitment? retention issues, those types of things. Is that something that we want to make an improvement on? Um, and then also considering when they're identifying their why, what outcomes do we hope to achieve when we go through this process? So are they are they looking at candidate pipeline issues that they're having? This might help uncover something like that. Um, or are they, are they having issues with um, issues for employees with customer facing problems, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. if, if they know that there's a problem that they're trying to solve, this, this is a way to kind of hone in on what some of those issues might be. Um, but as part of their why, I always encourage them, take a look at what your strategic goals are for your company. And let's, let's find a way to connect this to that because that gives you a bigger purpose and meaning behind it. And so, I mean, this is, this is a journey. This is a, for some organizations like a year long process and it's, it's going to get murky and busy and you have a thousand other things on your plate simultaneously with this. But when you can confirm that's your why of doing it and you can connect it to a bigger goal that kind of helps keep you on track and helps you focus. Yeah, I, I think those are really great points. And again, I just keep going back. I know I mentioned this before, but I keep going back to, I love how, as you're talking about this, it's really about, you know, preparing your organization to apply for and hopefully win an award. It should be aligned with the awesome work that your company's already doing to improve the experience for employees, right? I think a lot of times on the surface level, we think about these awards as, kind of a marketing play or a thing to just help us attract new talent. And yeah, that's part of it. But again, I think what I'm hearing you say through all of this is, no, really, it's a forcing function to help us improve our organization internally. And then hopefully, as we do that, we're recognized for that work that we've done improving it and we win an award, right? So I, I love that fact that when you can tie it to what's most important for the company or issues that you have along the way and start with that why, then it helps you know, okay, which awards should we look for and apply for? And at the same time you're improving, you could be going down that, that route, that process, right? Absolutely helps you stay very focused. Love it. Um, so if a company is wanting to start here, they've started by identifying why they mm -hmm. want to do this. They've uh, done some research to identify some potential awards. Is there any advice you'd give um, someone who's starting that application process for an award. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, there's several things as far as if you're kind of getting that application going is some steps that you would want to take is um, accept that it's going to be a journey. That, that, that it's not a let's apply, we get the award and we move on because that's really only the piece of what it is that you're doing, um, except that you're going to be in this for the long haul. So you know that it is that you want to make a commitment to what that looks like. So um, the other piece of that is good or bad, regardless of what the outcomes is, that you're committed to the process. So um, when you're getting your feedback from your employees, it's uh, it's real important, really important that you know that it's not just about the application. 
It's not just about the award. It's about the trust that you're gaining with them and that you're listening to the feedback it is that you're applying. And so I I will often use this phrase more than a trophy because it is. It is so much more than a trophy. It's the the gold is what you get is when you get those those feedback, the insights, the reports, and then you can definitely act on those. Um, And then another thing to keep in mind is making a commitment to the work it is that you have ahead. So um, if, if it was super easy, everybody would be applying for one of these awards, right? So it's definitely a commitment. Um, I, I encourage people to um, take a look at resources within the organization because this is not just an HR initiative. This is an organizational initiative and you wanna make sure that you're getting all the leaders on board within your organization that are going to help support this because it's, you're going to have employees say, gosh, do we have to do a survey? Especially if you've been doing more than one of them, you're going to give me yet another survey. Mm -hmm. So I call, I call those people influencers. So identifying who your influencers are within your organization. So when you find yourself in that situation, that employees are giving feedback and a supervisor hears that he or she can say, I understand it. This is this is what the world calls survey fatigue. And you don't want to have to do another one of these. But let me tell you as a company why we're doing it. And they need to be yeah. sincere about sharing that feedback. And so the employees may say, yeah, I know I don't I don't really want to do it, but I get why you're doing it. So I will help support what it is yeah. that that's going through. So um, the other thing is a willingness to share the feedback with employees. So if you're going to if you're going to get started on this process You're telling your employees that you're asking them to provide you with the feedback and you're making the commitment from the get-go that you will share the findings with them. And there's going to be things in there that not everybody wants to hear, but that's how we grow and that's how it is that we learn. So it's how you communicate that feedback back to your employees, but just making that that willingness um, that you're going to share the feedback with them, that you're going to share the feedback if you are in a position, if you have a board, that you may want to share it with them. And and most importantly, to share the feedback with your customers. Yeah. Do not be hesitant to say to your customers, this is what we're doing with our employees. This is the feedback they said. This is what our employees have shared with us they like or would like more of. And we as an organization are making that commitment to do that. For example, if there's specified training that they need, uh, that we as an organization are making that and you, customer, this is going to benefit you in this way. So really kind of getting everybody involved in that communication piece is very helpful. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is just embracing the continuous improvement of the process, because this is consistently what it is. You you get the feedback. You address issues that need to be addressed. You celebrate things that need to be celebrated. Um do the work on the areas in which you need to work, measure how you did and start the cycle over again. So that continuous improvement process is very important. Yeah. I really like that last point because I think that um, one of the things you said earlier that really kind of sparked my attention and, and kind of pulled me in was, you know, you have to take the long-term view of this. Mm-hmm. This isn't a drop in the bucket one time award thing, but if, if you see it as a long-term initiative to help your organization identify ways to improve, then as you apply for an award, as you do a survey, you share the results with your employees and they expect those same results every year. Like you continue doing that the next year, right? And share the progress and improvement and talk about ways that you did improve and ways you still have to improve. When you take that long-term view is when I think it becomes most valuable. And the awards are really like, 
you know, nice things along the way. But the real value is this continuous improvement and working with your employees to strengthen your company, right? Right. And, and yes, absolutely. And and you had mentioned you're talking about it, but talking about it frequently. These yeah. types of things in which areas in which you're focusing on for improvement should be part of your everyday discussion, whether it's a departmental meeting. And I know some, you know, some of our smaller organizations, it's hard, yeah. um, especially if they're remote or if they're in different situations where their work environment doesn't always bring them together. But finding a way of communication that works for your organization. And the key is making sure you're disseminating that information and gathering the feedback. Yeah. back to as well, but continuously talking about it. If you are fortunate that you get to have scheduled employee meetings, this should be part of the reoccurring agenda item. This is what we talked about last quarter that we're working on, and here's how we've progressed. And next quarter, we're not going to forget about those, but we're going to start working on these as well. So just making it part of the day-to-day conversation. Awesome. Yeah, great, great points. So um, what happens if, a, if if an organization goes through this process of identifying, applying for a workplace award. And like you mentioned, it's a lot of work and then they don't win. What, what do you do at that point? Um, well, it, it happens. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that whenever somebody is applying for an award and they don't win the award and it stops there, I think that really identifies what they were doing it for in the first place. I mean, it really was just to earn the award. Mm -hmm. So um, I think before that even starts and you're going through the application and you're saying to your employees, we're going to do this. We're going to apply. Of course, we hope that we win this award, but there's a possibility we may not. But we're committed to hearing the feedback that you provided and work on those findings. So, um, you know, like I said, it it does happen. um, But this is why I encourage them, because Let me take a step back. When you were asking about the different types of surveys that are available out there, there are um, surveys in which you can just ask your employees these survey questions and then you apply for the award and you find out if you've won that award or not. And then that does stop. You as an organization would have to go to that next level to get those reports and purchase those. There's others out there in which by applying for the, the award and doing the employee survey, that's part of the package that you automatically get. So I encourage, regardless, when you go through this, put it into your budget, allocate this as a specified needed resource to get those findings back, because that's really why you should be doing this in the first place. Um, the So that you can commit to getting those. And then when we talk about it being more in the trophy, it's more about the findings that's in there. So that also goes back to circling back to your why if you didn't win. Why did you do it in the first place? Was it to improve processes? Was it to find out more about how your employees felt? Was it to help prove a specific initiative that your organization has in place? And if it did any of those things and helped you, celebrate that. I have a um, I have someone that I talked with that... Um, they missed the award that they were applying for by a percentage point. Hmm. And it happened to be um, this person was the president of the company that I talked about or talked to, and he took it very personally and he took so much pride in his company. And he was really concerned, not that they didn't win the award, but that he had let his employees down. And as we're going through the the um, the data that he got back, 
there were so many reasons to celebrate in there. And then there were so many complimentary things that the employees had provided. You know, we didn't know specifically who said it. It was an anonymous survey, as they should be. But I said, did you ever celebrate this with your employees? And unfortunately, he had not. And I said, this is where you go back and you know, we didn't win the award, but look at all these things that we're doing very, very well and take time to celebrate and recognize with that. So um, just remember that you're consistently striving for continuous improvement. What did what did you say you were going to work on that you did and you got better at it and celebrate with that? I love it. Great, great advice. Angie, this has been so awesome. And I, I know that this topic is applicable really for any type of company. So I appreciate you joining and just sharing your advice with us. If there are listeners that want to learn more about this topic, where would you recommend they start? You're welcome to reach out to me directly. I have um, prepared and I uh, sent you the link to it. You're welcome to put it in the show notes. I've prepared a a guide, if you will, for people that are um, maybe it's the HR representative who thinks this is a really good idea for their company and really wants to help bring the rest the organization on board. So I put this, it's a document about the six perks of becoming an award-winning workplace. So you've got that link out there. If they want to hop on and download that, that, that would be a great resource for them. I am, um, um, I'm on LinkedIn. So anyone who would like to reach out to me is more than welcome to, I, I really try and share a lot of content and information on the benefits of going through this process. Um, so they're, they're welcome to get that, uh, reach out to me and connect on LinkedIn. And if they have any questions, I'll be more than happy to, to answer those questions for them as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Angie. We will definitely link to that um, that document, that PDF that Angie talked about in the show notes. So if you're interested, I definitely encourage you to download that. I was looking at it this morning and it looks excellent, super valuable, just going deeper on this topic. So, and I would encourage you if you're interested in this topic and working with Angie, reach out to her on LinkedIn because she's super knowledgeable as Hopefully you've all you listeners out there have been able to hear from just some of what she shared with us today. So Angie, thank you again for, for joining with us today. You know, one of the last questions I like to ask all of our guests on the show that is not necessarily related to our topic today, but really more related to our, our community of HR Mavericks is really focused on democratizing HR knowledge and best practices. So what's the one tip or suggestion that you have for our listeners that they can go and do this week? to help improve their people or HR functions. May I offer two? Please. Okay, okay. Um, So the first one, and I learned this early on in my career, and once I understood this, it was kind of a game changer for me, and it's to know and understand how your business works. So it's very important that you're supporting the the strategic direction of of the organization. So I I firmly believe that it's it's vital for HR to understand how the business operates, who their customers are, how they make money, those types of things. So the more they understand about the business, the better they can support the strategic direction of the organization. Um, And then the the other thing that I will mention is networking. And both inside your community of your employees, as well as outside. Um, And whether they're in a situation where they're not right in front of their employees all the time, I, I 
tried to be out of my HR seat more than I was in it because I always felt it was very important to interact with as many people as possible. You don't want you don't want to be seen as the HR professional only at disciplinary and termination times. So definitely making sure that you're very visible, dedicating time, making that part of your weekly schedule. And if you're in a situation where you're virtual, schedule coffee chats. It can be five, 10 minutes just to make sure that the employees know how to reach out to you. And then in tandem with that is to continue your networking outside of your organization, um, specifically within your HR community. There's so many great um, HR Facebook pages that you can ask for advice, that you can give advice, um, share experiences and learn from others, as well as getting involved with maybe your local SHRM chapter. Um, but my, my recommendation with that is, as much as you're willing to ask for advice, be there to be able to give it to others as well. I love it. Awesome tips. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being here with us today. We really, we really, really appreciate it. So Angie, hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddie. Eddie is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddie, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddie.com today to request a demo.